0: On this week's show, late delight for Tunbridge Angels, we catch up with boss Steve McKim.
1: When the penalty was saved, it was a case of here we go again maybe, but the boys got their heads up, got going
2: and, and they got their deserved winning yet.
0: Yeah. And heading out west for a big FA Vars clash, we catch up with Tunbridge Wells manager Richard Stiles.
2: We're all looking forward to it, you know, uh, completely. It's not always nice in the Vase to to draw teams out of your league.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Lots of late call-offs this week and that's given us plenty to talk about, to be fair, but we do also have two interviews for you to enjoy over the next hour or so. Uh, I'm John Pip he's been to The Tip twice this week, and I forget sometimes that here in East Sussex we can just turn up, whereas across the border you lots still have to book your appointments. And on the line now was a man who tried to win season tickets to the worst team the National League has ever seen last week. is of course, Matt Gerrard. You already have to go. So why do you want to inflict it on others? Because uh, I've, run, I've run about twice in these competitions. And maybe
3: because I've won the non-league paper and I've won the Panorama for season tickets. And I thought it would be a hat trick. I don't know who I'd actually give it to because nobody wants to go. More importantly, I went to the dump on Saturday morning. And I would say... Booking is the way forward. We're this, bizarrely, I was having this, this conversation, I've rock and roll lifestyle with my mother-in-law, and we both agreed that booking is the way forward because sometimes I've gone to the tip and there's a massive queue for absolute ages and you can never get in, but booking, easy as pie. So I think I actually voted, I think you have to do a survey, and I said, keep with the booking.
0: Well, That's I went yesterday and i've been today and i've not had to queue i've not had to wait i've just driven straight in both times
3: yeah but i was going again i was going at the weekend
0: well that is true i do have the advantage of the fact that i can go whenever i want uh,
3: yeah so but no i i think i think that's the way forward is to to do the um the booking so that's so good but again there's something manly about going to the dump don't you think
0: yeah I don't like it, I, 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 especially where, where, when we were in Sittingbourne. I used to hate going there because I felt out of my depth. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you say you feel manly. I, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where everything was supposed to go. But here, actually, it's all right. Cause it's all very clearly labelled and the people there are all friendly. And, you know, if you've got something you're not sure about, they'll take it off you or they'll help you out. But I always used to feel when we were in, when we were in Sittingbourne, I just felt really, really out of my depth. I felt the exact opposite of manly. I felt like a, a little lost boy, to be honest.
3: No, it's one of these things that I can I can have a bit of wood. All oh, right, I, I look cool to say to the, the tough-looking bloke at the thing, He might think, well, that bloke's cut that bit of wood up. Clearly, I haven't, but, you know, <laughs> makes me feel good.
0: No, well, I'll tell you the things as well. Is for, for us, I, I don't know what's going on with our tip over the next couple of weeks because uh, we're in the midst of a bin strike uh, here in uh, in sunny Eastbourne. We've had a lot of issues with, um, with the bin men saying they're not being paid enough. There are some that are striking and they're stopping all the others who don't want to strike from going to work uh we normally have uh our black bins collected one week and our green bins our recycling bins collected the next Um, But because of these strikes which only seem to happen on mondays and fridays um they're now this week because they've got to catch up all the stuff that they've missed they're not collecting our recycling so it's a bit of a concern really because at the moment we're all right because we've got two recycling bins but they're not going to be empty for another fortnight now so it's a bit it's a bit worrying and i'm pretty sure soon people just going to be taking their rubbish themselves to the tip
3: Newsroom Southeast loves a bin strike because when Brighton was doing it, and the, they would go banging on about that for ages. So I presume they will be from there. But power to the people for the bin men wanting more money. So, but again, that, that, it's first world problems when you've got to get rid of these cycling twice, isn't it? So.
0: Yeah, that is true.
3: I presume yeah. you must have a lot of rubbish though, in because of the business, etc
0: yeah we well we don't have loads actually because we, we try and recycle everything we can and to be honest we've got three black bins and we've got two green bins and we not only ever normally get through one black bin worth of stuff every fortnight um so because, you've got those massive
3: bins like viridor thing.
0: no we've just got normal ones don't tell the council um <laughs> but um but no we 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 tend to re- we recycle so much like you know we we go through the bins that people have left. If, if there's anything recyclable, we recycle it. So we're good people. We deserve a, a, a green star for our efforts towards recycling, I would say.
3: Do you find your guests recycling it or they just put everything in the bin?
0: Well, they've only got the bin. Like, there's only one bin in the rooms. Uh, I would quite like to have recycling bins in the rooms, but then it's just more stuff to to clean up and more stuff to keep an eye on and you know some some of our guests i probably wouldn't trust them to put stuff in the right bins anyway so it's better for us just to sort it out ourselves but i'm sure they'll be happy to know that we recycle as much as we can
3: good to see good to hear that good to hear that so anything um that's about it oh, that is that is an exciting conversation if you just listen to the pod for the first time i know. we talk about the rubbish and bins
0: yeah Normally well to, podcast, be fair, to be fair to be fair Talking rubbish is something we've done pretty well. Uh, yeah, over you've the got the rough, a lot, a lot of times. Yes, it's our 199th episode this week, and that led my mind straight to another Matt. Australian left-handed batsman Matthew Elliott, who I remember very clearly making 199 in an Ashes test in 1997 at Headingley. He was bowled by an absolute beauty by Darren Gough to end his innings. Uh, 11 men in total have been dismissed for 199 in test matches, and for five of them, it is their highest test score. Uh, Dean Elgar and KL Rahul may still be able to top it, but Elliott, Fafdu Plessis and surprisingly, Mohamed Adin will forever be stuck with that as a highest score. It took until 1984 for a batsman to be out for 199 in a test match. And when we continue this feature, it won't be too long until we're discussing what is the lowest individual score that has never been scored in a test match too. But 199, that must be a horrible number to be out on.
3: Distraught, would not you? All that time. That's probably a good, what, five, six hours at the crease. Double hundred in a test match. Remember Matthew, it was a tall... Bloke, wouldn't he? Yeah, opening yeah. back. And yeah. so yeah, well, but you know, hundred and ninety nine, he's got more runs than I have in Test cricket, so he couldn't grumble. Yeah, but you'd be distraught on that, wouldn't you? He
0: would be yeah,
3: absolutely would be distraught. Yeah. No, I, I think, think being like out... a couple of people run out on ninety nine, wouldn't it? Atherton
0: was run out on ninety nine, I think. He was, yes. I remember that yeah. one as well. So I, I think being out for ninety nine would be worse than being out for one nine nine, if I'm if I'm brutally yeah. honest. But uh, you still would uh you'd you'd be pretty upset, wouldn't you?
3: Yeah, it wouldn't be your, your your greatest moment, I have to say. So, But then yeah. for
0: Matthew Elliott, it is his greatest moment because I, I remember yeah, well, yeah. it. 25 years on, I remember him scoring those runs and I remember he got 199. So it was his highest test score. It was his greatest moment. But I guess when he came off, he was disappointed. Anyway, let's get on with the show and let's start this week in the National League South because, well, we don't seem to usually start in the National League South. We've got a good interview for you here. Uh, they left it late, very late, in fact, but Tommy James came from behind to win a thriller at Longmead, beating Hungerford 2-1. Angels missed a penalty against their 10-man visitors, but Tommy Wood came off the bench to score in the 86th and 98th minutes to win it. After he caught his breath, I spoke to Angels boss Steve McKim on Monday.
1: Yes, definitely. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. With, um i've been in the situation before um and just got to keep faith with everything and believe in what what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do things and like i say a bit of lady luck was with us we got we got a penalty that was missed and now the player sent off and we managed to get two goals in the last like 10 minutes so it was a deserved win even their manager said afterwards um but the way our our season's been going it, it was a case of when the penalty was saved it was a case of here we go again maybe but the boys got their heads up, got
0: going and, and they got their deserved win in the end. And he must be delighted for Tommy Wood as well because he needed those goals, didn't he? Yes, I think so. I think that um, we struggled in the forward areas
1: all season. Um, not for the for the lack of trying um, or effort. It's just a case of the boys have really fallen for them in the right positions and stuff. And like I say, they they, they do need the goals and... Tommy's won, the first one comes from a shot from Joe that gets caught under his feet, adjusts his body and puts it in. A few weeks ago, that might have just come to him and he might not have scored it. So, like I say, hopefully that's his turning point. Now we're even going on a run of goals because that's what happens with Strikers. And I'm hoping for the club and for himself that that does happen.
0: It has been a problem for you all season, hasn't it? I know you went a long time without anyone scoring it. And it's the hardest thing in the world to find, isn't it? Someone to regularly stick the ball in the back of the net.
1: The hardest thing in football is to score goals. Simple as that, um, in my opinion. And We went four games without scoring um, and everyone thought the world had ended. Um, but the pleasing thing was, and I've always said it, is we were creating chances. might not be clear-cut, but we were creating some chances and just not putting them in. And it's not just the forwards. It was from set-pieces. It was from midfield areas. Um, we need goals like other teams from all over the place. We haven't got a sole striker at the moment. That, that is getting you 15, your 20s, like Aziz, like Robinson at Dartford, like Seager at Hungerford, to name a few. So what, we've had, what we need to do is spread the goals about, and we haven't been doing that either. So all of a sudden, it, it, it shows a, a poor run of form in front of goals. Um, and hopefully, after Saturday, it shows that um, we can score goals. We will score goals. And um, that may continue. Is now. just one of the
0: amazing people You want to, to move as far a up a f- f- from the bottom no, of the no, table no. As, as possible, don't you? Even though there is only one relegation place, you've got to get up the table.
1: Yeah, you've got to get up the table. No one wants to be hovering around the bottom and playing um, uh, fight games every week and scrappy games because you got you need the points. Um every game in this league's hard. I and, and, and Biller Ricky proved that by drawing with Maidstone at the weekend one or Um, Obviously, I wasn't at the game, so I couldn't see how it went, but they drew 1 0. And and the end result is what the end gain is for your points. So we don't want to be down that end, but at the moment in time, we're down that end because we haven't been good enough in certain areas of the the pitch. And um, we're not getting hammered by teams, Uh, we're always in games. um, And we just need to rectify um, putting the ball in the back, or start putting the ball in the back of the net to start getting three points like we did on Saturday.
0: A week off from the league this week and a, a, another FA Trophy tie against a team from the league above. You must be excited about playing Kingslin.
1: Very excited. And and you know why? It, 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 for myself, it comes as a relief we haven't got a league game uh, because the pressure then mounts that you've won that game, now you've got to win the next game and then the next game. We've got a cup game against a side that are in a, le- a league higher that we've got every chance of winning um, because it proved it was all key. It's 11 v 11. Um, They are full time. We're not. But we're confident that we we can get something. We're not overconfident. We never will be. But we're confident we could could get something out of the game. Uh, It's got to be finished on the day. So we will play our normal game to try and just how we do it. Um, And if we're good enough on the day and we take our chances when they come because you won't get many against a team like that as we did with Torquay, um, of getting through. And like I say, it takes that little bit of pressure off the players to back up last week's league win with another league win straight away. You know, Tuesday night, um, we've got Chippenham away, which is another tough game, long journey. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cup to try to have. Uh, and it's brilliant to be involved in this cup competition at this stage.
0: You mentioned that trip to Chippenham. How hard is it to get a team, you know, to, with a part-time team? How hard is it to get people to go to Chippenham on a Tuesday night? Because as you say, it's a bloody long <laughs> way, isn't it?
1: Well, we first of all, we thought the game was going to be on the, the 1st of February. It's now the league have told us we've got to play it on the 18th. It's the only available date, apparently. I don't know. Um, so players have now only got 10 days because we only knew this on Saturday. So I've got 10 days to sort out with their work whether they work for someone or have got their own business to get people to work for them. Um, if they do football coaching like some do to get someone to cover their coaching, it's it's a right mess. Um, but the players try and do their best to get there. To um, give you an example, the coach leaves the ground at half past three. So it's a long old journey. Um, the players will have to leave work earlier than normal. And if they can, they can. If they can't, but they can't, there's nothing you can do about it because... This game was supposed to be on a Saturday. Obviously, our participation in the FA Trophy against Torquay made this then go to a midweek, I believe. Um, But as you say, with a part-time side that got full-time jobs, it's difficult. Um, But we will try and get the best side
0: and best squad we can get to go to Chippenham to compete against them. And just finally, the the planning application's gone in for the 3G pitch. That'll be massive for the club, won't it?
1: Yes, it will, mate. Yeah, it's, um, I think, for the club itself to, to be sustainable for years to come and move forward, I think it's the only way. Um, and I think a lot of clubs will go down that route. Do I like playing on it? I prefer playing on, on actual grass. Um, but the club, the club is bigger than any manager, any player. And they've got to look at that first and foremost. And if that brings extra revenue in to keep the club going for another 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it's the only way forward. Um, because you can get people using it during the day you can get people using it in the evening when, when we're not training on it so it can be used all year round and, and that's the thing and, and also you get the added bonus of if the bar's open people could use the bar if there's food there they can get food so there's a lot of add-ons to just having a 3G pitch it's not just about that it's everything else that goes with it and like I say it's something that the club need to keep themselves going and make them more sustainable, then I'm
0: all for it. Now we'll talk about the 3G pitch later, Matt. But first of all, that is a huge win for Angels, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I didn't know. I think Looking at the after my game was called off, I think I looked at the half four, I looked at the scores, and they were losing 1-0. And I looked at the league table, I thought, blind oh, blimey, they are in trouble here. Then at half past five, when I looked again, two late goals, so they missed a penalty. And I'm thinking some of the Angels fans are quite boisterous fans and I expect there were scenes after that and I quite like Tommy Wood really, he was on trial at Dover for a bit and I thought he was a good target man and it's interesting to see with McKim there that he's hasn't really worked out for this season and for him and missing some chances but hopefully that can kickstart it but that was a, a massive result for them and that I, I always didn't think they were going to go down but I didn't realise how close they were to the drop down the top zone but it gives them a bit of breathing space and shows that you know they've beaten Torquay and they've showed a bit of character coming back from that. that There's plenty of character in there. And Steve McKim's one of these managers that I think I'd does he scare me a little bit? I think he probably does scare me. And I think as a player you'd be thinking, right, I've got to do this. Otherwise he's gonna um you know let me know in no certain terms what he wants from his players. Scare me in a good way. I don't mean you know you know I'm coming from.
0: Yeah, you, you oh, definitely would it. respect him. You
3: definitely respect. Would respect that's probably the best. Yeah. yeah, and he's done a lot in the game in and non-league game. You cannot grumble with that. But I'm, I'm sure, you know, the high standards he set himself as a player, he's, he expects from his own players as well. So, I think, um, yeah, respect is probably not, not not scary, but yeah, tough manager, tough, tough old, tough old school manager. That's probably not the right word either. But you know, you see where I'm coming from.
0: I do. Yeah, and and Tommy, would you mention him there? Uh, only his second and third goals of the season. The the only ones, uh, the only one that he'd scored previous was on my birthday back in September. So uh, he he must be feeling on top of the world this week after, after getting those two goals. And, and and I suppose you could look at it and say, well, he may have only scored three goals, but they've been crucial goals because the first one earned a point. Those ones earned three. So he's he's getting value for his goals. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Big.
3: Yeah. That's a a big win. that I think sometimes it's a little bit better. Scoring that probably 86, the fans got on top, and then scoring a 90th minute winner—it could do the confidence for the club and the fans well, and hell of a you know a big couple of games coming up for them as well. So I'm pleased for the Angels. So it's been a difficult season, you know, for them—two defeats against Maidstone—and so they bounce back and bounce back really well.
0: Yeah, and winning games late on is is, is a good habit. They did it against Torquay. They've done it yeah. again on Saturday, so it kind of shows that there is a bit of never-say-die spirit in there.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's comes from Steve, just urging his players on, carry on, they'll be well-drilled, well-organised, and then, you know, hard work, if you work hard enough you get your rewards, and then I think they probably did that at the weekend.
0: And it's great to see that as they're a part-time team, they've got the fitness to, to still be pushing that late on, because especially against Torquay, that's a full-time team, and, and you would expect them to sort of, run out of legs a little bit but but they obviously don't and, you know, they don't have the biggest squad in the world, Tunbridge Angels and I think it's absolute credit to to the spirit that they've got in that team.
3: Yeah, I, I think the fans probably play a big part because they're, you know, as I said, quite vociferous, quite really good supporters who get behind the team so, again, if you, if the players put the effort in, might not necessarily win, you'll get respect from the fans but when you get that reward the fans will be really with you so, Good club. And again, one. Go- if there was three going down or four ground, you'd be a little bit worried. One going down, I think they've got enough quality in the squad to get, you know, if they get a little bit of consistency, get back to back league wins will be a good start. They can move up the table and, you know, plan for next season. Steve McKim is a, a good manager to to have at that football club.
0: It wasn't best pleased with the fact they've got to go to Chippenham next Tuesday though. And very strange situation that he said, we basically got told on Saturday, you're playing at Chippenham next Tuesday, whether you like it or not. Uh, And the difficulties of being a part-time team and having to get players at that short notice to, to, to be there is is going to be something that they're really going to feel. I feel.
3: Yeah. I think that, I think you've got to play the game within six weeks when it's called off in the National League for some reason, I've got no idea why the six week rule. Um, Clearly, the league should have a look. That is a trek for that. We don't know what the weather's going to be like um, on Tuesday. If you get down there, the pitch could be frozen and all sorts. So I think the league has a little bit more sense uh, to fit it in. Disappointing, but sometimes it, you know the adversity you may have, it might work into their advantage. Going off late, getting getting get time off work, go down there. That little bit of bonding on the coach. They can try and get a result. But again, Chippenham are doing quite well this season, so it's going to be a tough game for them as well. But yeah, I think the league, the six-week rule, I think can be, particularly at this time of the year, when you don't know what the pitch is going to be like. Clearly, you know, I don't know if that game was called off originally because of thing, or was it a cup game or whatever. But yeah, have a little bit of sense. Maybe playing this game in when we know the weather will be a little bit better March, April could be a little bit time. So I don't know why the six-week
0: rule sort of stays stays in fruition. I think he did say it was because of the FA Trophy progress right. as well that the game was called off. Yeah, uh, so. fi- finally on Angels, the, the, the 3G pitch. And I thought that was interesting in, in that, you know, he, he said, I don't really like playing on them, but the club's bigger than me and, and it's for the future of the football club. And we know the problems that summer so Angels have had with their, with their playing surface and where it is and, and flooding and things like that. And I guess in many ways, once they got the money, it's an absolute no-brainer for them, isn't it? Oh,
3: yeah, I think, um, I don't know if you can get a grant, but I think off the field they've had a sort of bit of um new broom of directors coming in, which I hear good things about. Um, yeah, I think they've got a good, healthy social club, as he said there, so people could come. If you market it, I think it's a, a no-brainer for a lot of our clubs. You've got to think of how many clubs in our area are getting the 3G now, John. So um, a number of them. Uh, you can see the benefits of what Maidstone have done. Uh, Rams go what we've seen, Margate do well hiring the pitch out, so as Steve says, the future of, hopefully if they market it correctly and get it filled out, the next four, 40, 50 years of Tunbridge Angels is, um, is set in stone, and again, he'll get on with it, he probably play a lot of games on the 3G, don't they, already this season in his division, so um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a wise decision and I think more and more Kent clubs are going to go down this route, Um I don't know how easy it is to get the money. Do you get grants? But they have put the, the planning permission in. I can't believe that will be a problem. And Tunbridge angels will go again um, and join the 3G club, So, which I think is probably a wise decision.
0: There are a lot now in Kent, aren't there? Yeah, there's yeah, got, there's got to, to be eight, nine at least, I'd yep. say, dotted around the country. You've got Margaret Ramsgate, uh, Bromley, uh, Maidstone, of course. Sorry? You could say cry as well in that well, basis. yeah, you could do if you want to be technical about it. But yeah. uh, you know, the, the, they are—they certainly are springing up, and and it's you know, for for a non-league club, I think if you if you can get the money in, it it is it just makes sense because it gives you the chance to get people playing on your pitch all the time, and and those people then feel a bit of affinity towards the club. I think you know, if you're a young lad and you're sitting there and and you watch the game, and then you go out and emulate your hero on that pitch, I think it will just make you feel you know even closer to to the players. Yeah, I,
3: I think I think you now you look at the model for Maidstone and constantly being before COVID. Hopefully, it's all better now. Um, filled out each week, that that will be the way thing. And you see what Ramsgate are doing with all their sides, and not, also one of these things, John, as well. I, the training, you you know, if you can train on it as well, that does save you a bit of if you have to go elsewhere. And the wear and tear on your pitch, that's going to be key as well. On from that. Training on your own ground, getting used to the surface, I think is key. you probably find out they might be training on a 3G somewhere else, and there's always cost involved in that basis. So yeah, I think um, it's a, it's, a, it's a wise decision. And again, okay, we'll, we've had the argument probably in episode 25 of this part about getting it into the football league, and that's still not going to come. But you think the more and more clubs that do this, that eventually they've got to make a decision on that.
0: Yeah, Chatham, Ashford, K Sports are one the ones I've come up with uh, in the last few minutes. I've been saying elsewhere uh, in the National League South, there are our new leaders. Uh, after Ebbsfleet United were the only other Kent side to win their game on Saturday as they secured a 3-1 success at Hemel Hempstead. Uh, they leapfrogged Maidstone after they were held at bottom of the table, Billeriki, as Steve McKinn mentioned there. Uh, While well, it's now four without a win for Dartford as they were held to a 1-1 draw by Dulwich Hamlet. Uh, Welling United the only losers from Kent in National League South, but by all accounts they deserved more uh, from a 3-2 loss at home to St Albans. Uh, Welling the only team in league action on Saturday as they travelled to Chelmsford. Before on Tuesday, as we've all discussed, Tunbridge Angels are on the road west to Chippenham. Uh, it's the FA Trophy first, though, with Angels, as we've heard, hosting Kings Lynn, Dartford at home to Weymouth, Maidstone go to FA Cup Heroes and Wood and other teams are involved too. Bromley of the National League away to Aldershot, and Folks and Victor travelling to Wrexham in a game that will kick off at 5 30 pm in order to allow it to be live streamed. The profits being split between both clubs due to the fact that it has to be played behind closed doors as Wales are not allowing crowds in at the moment. Uh, a couple of things there. I think it's really sad that they can't at 3pm and stream it because of the TV blackout, uh, which, funnily enough, wouldn't have applied in the FA Cup last weekend. Uh, and also, you really have to laugh about the current situation uh, in Wales, and therefore Chester City, whose ground is famously both in England and Wales, but they've now been threatened with sanctions for continuing to have crowds, so much so that they have called their next couple of games off. I mean, th- there's plenty going on at the moment uh, involving COVID that is farcical, beyond farcical, in fact, but that's that's almost up there with having a work business something garden not sure if it's a party or not malarkey isn't it yeah
3: that yeah poor old Chester I have to say on that but again I don't know how I presume the, the stripes bar at Folkestone will be having the game on so I don't know how much money they're going to make if probably 200 people turn up at Folkestone and make a bit of money behind the bar but I don't think uh, one, one telly paying a ten will make much money but I'm sure Folkestone fans will get together um, real shame for them because I'd have taken I reckon you know a good couple of hundreds of Wrexham and they're probably the they're um they played play, have the 10,000 there, wouldn't there? The,
0: you know, the, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Wrexham fans would have packed in as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I presume the gate receipts would be massive, wouldn't they? They're losing out on But they'll go there. Neil Cugley, you know, so laid back. Um, he'll enjoy himself in Wales. So, fingers crossed they can do it. It's going to be tough. It depends how Wrexham um, are going to take it. But I don't think Wrexham have played much for it recently, have they? So, um, um, it's going to be tough. But enjoy the day out. It's just a shame that the Invicta fans won't be there.
0: Yes, uh, let's move on to the National League where Bromley moved up to third after their 2-1 win over Solihull Moors on Saturday but they quickly dropped back to fifth after some midweek games. A uh, debut goal for Scott Wagstaff in that game on Saturday. A good signing, I think, Matt, which shows Bromley are not resting on their laurels in the, in this promotion battle.
3: Yeah, he hasn't been really getting in at all the shot um, when he was there so I was quite surprised but um, he would have played with um, Billy Bingham probably at the Jills, wouldn't it? So bring that in. Um, does this mean that Sablu could be on his way out? Uh, to, a, to a league club if they're going to do things like that I see he wasn't involved at the weekend I don't know if he's injured but bit of experience in the midfield um, you know they're always going to score goals with the players they've got but Wagstaff I don't know he's normally known as a goal scorer scoring on his debut so yeah adds a bit of experience Yeah, you know he, he, he's a decent player at that level good signing um, will fit in uh, that's a good result against Solihull because Solihull are quite a um, physical side so Bromley Dealt with that pretty well. Tight division at the top, but I think they've still got a good chance for the playoffs, Bromley as well. And will they take? Will they want to get to the trophy final as well after the last couple of years? Interesting to see what they say. when they beat Dover, they played a lot of the youngsters, and and I think Andy Woodman sort of insinuated after the Dover game that he'd continue to do that.
0: Yes, it's tight at the top. Not so tight at the bottom, but the bottom two both have something in common in that they both wound up Notts County. So let's talk about uh, Dover and that game against Notts County, which was called off when the match referee arrived at Crabble after the club had thought the pitch was fine. Uh, I very much enjoyed the Notts County supporters on Twitter, especially the one who demanded composting for their journey. Uh, but what are your thoughts on it, Matt? Did, were you actually at the ground when it was called off? Uh, uh,
3: yes, I just got to the ground and then... Um, Harry Ransom walked past and so I said, oh, I presume he's off then, Harry. Yeah, he's just the ref's just called it off. That was about ten past one. Um, I did say to my mum when I got there, I got to see my mum beforehand about 12 o'clock and it was absolutely chucking it down. When I left Thanet, it wasn't really raining, but when I got to Dover, it was chucking it down. I thought, oh, it could be in trouble here because I, I wasn't at the Dagenham game boxing day, but people said the pitch wasn't good. So um, I, I'm not going to get involved in the war of words with Dover and Notts County, but... Um, it is what it is. Jim Palmer said he wanted to play. Uh, yeah, I think we just, um, communication issues, that's probably best that seems to have come from it. But I'll, I'll
0: leave it at that. I think the thing is, 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 in that interview that Jim Palmer has put out, he said, you know, we thought the pitch was absolutely fine. And let's be brutally honest, if it was Kings Lynn, I could understand that Jim Palmer might want to stick the knife in. I'm pretty sure he doesn't care about Notts County. I'm pretty sure no one at Dover woke up on Saturday and thought, oh, should we have a laugh and make lots of people drive down from Nottingham and then (laughs) we'll call the game off? You know, I, I don't think for a second that there was any malice involved in that. It's a very, very unfortunate situation. And perhaps what Dover could have done is got a local ref in in the morning and said, what do you think? Rather than just being a bit sort of blasé about it and saying, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. But I think a lot of the vitriol that was directed in Dover's direction w- was pretty tough.
3: Dover aren't very well liked by um, a number of clubs in this division uh, and other divisions, probably for numerous reasons, and probably because of what we did last season. So uh, we'll go from there. Um, and, 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 again, Knox county they would be very. What well, I will say, um, not very complimentary about Kings Lynn, because I Kings Lynn did it before, you know. It's not Dover's and Kings Lynn's fault. You're in the National League. That's all I leave it at. That is it. It's, you know, you're a big club. Unfortunately, some of the clubs may not be, or they presume them not to be as professional as you. But you know, you know, you unfortunately you have to play the cards you're dealt with. And if you look at the organisation, sometimes
0: of the National League, it's not the greatest
3: division in the world. But unfortunately, you're stuck in it, and it's up to you to get
0: out of it. As you say, all of those teams are in that league on merit. Uh, Dover played Wildstone on Saturday, and the game has been rearranged. Five defeats in a row for Wildstone in all competitions. Their last win was in November when they beat uh, Dover Athletic by three goals to two. But, Matt, could this be a chance?
3: I am going to Wildstone. Oh. I've never been to Wildstone before. Or if I'm going
0: up They've got them. no fans.
3: Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 so uh, so uh, I don't know if he still goes to Wildstone Raider. Um, I'm going because I have we got a chance? We should have probably beat them in the first game if we didn't give silly goals away. Well, can we? So, um, what well, yeah, go basically go on the front foot and see if we, you know, get on, get in front from there. We're not going to have a better game the rest of the season. I don't expect us to win at Stockport or Chesterfield or have a chance, but I think we may have a chance at Willstone. They've lost five on the spin, not full of confidence. We've lost about 65 on the spin, uh, six on the spin. We will create a club record if we lose on Saturday, of seven consecutive defeats in all competitions. So if you're listening to these players, we don't want to. We've created more records than Roy Castle can keep up with this season. Don't create another one. So I keep saying it one time. We're going to get it right. We're going to win this game. I've said that numerous times. Saturday's a good chance of a result, isn't it? Got nothing to lose against Willstone. There's probably going to be about 500 people there. There's no fans on our back. Go there and try and get a result and I can go home happy.
0: Yeah, and a a new signing in as well today for Dover, I understand.
3: Yeah, uh, apparently I heard on Friday that he was going to play Saturday. A new fullback coming in right back. We lost a few players. Tiense has gone back, who was um, left-footed. So we brought a right-back in. So I don't know how... If we're going to play wing backs or whatever, but actually Goodman's suspended. And that, um, Yeah, give him a go. I guess he'd be given a few um, Academy boys contracts as well. So, yeah, I'll just see how it goes, really. See, um, nothing to lose. Um, let's see if we can get a result in there. So, right back. tomasi has been playing there, but Tomasi's a good player, but he's one of these players that when we can see goals, he starts shouting at everybody. And sometimes you think that's probably not a good thing. Um, uh, with the predicament we're in.
0: No, well, good luck to Dover at Wealdstone uh, there. Let's go from the National League then to the road to Wembley, uh, where the FA Vars reaches the last 32 stage, and three of those 32 are from the Southern Counties East League. Uh, among them are the 2013 finalists, Tunbridge Wells, who make the long trip west to face Western League High Flyers Bridgewater Town. It's Wells' first fixture of 2022, believe it or not, and ahead of the game, I'll got up with their manager, Richard Stiles.
2: It affects them in a way that you just have to be a little bit organised and a little bit switched on in terms of what you're doing, um, that's different to your normal preparations really. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to it because obviously you can you can train and then do all the training but obviously you're not getting the match play. But then at the same time you can play matches and pick up injuries and knocks and or have a few bad results and it, it lowers morale a little bit. So um, yeah, you know, it's, it's pros and cons. Uh, we've got a diverse enough um, staff and, and team in place that we're able to um, put sessions on and get us going in a way that we'll be more than ready and prepared come Saturday.
0: I suppose, yeah, in some ways you could look at it as the fixtures have been coming thick and fast, so a little bit of a break when, when the pitches aren't are quite heavy and stuff like that might even help.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, like you say, the pitches are not great and the games are very heavy. Um, you know the game would have been heavy on Saturday um, had we have played, but um, but yeah, we've been able to train, do things right, um, and, and get it right from you know from that side of things. Really,
0: how much are you looking forward to to a nice away day over in the West Country? I suppose it's, it's a great trip for, for players who don't normally get to make that sort of distance trip.
2: Yeah, of course. You know, it's a good. Um, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a, a good um, trip for for the group and the squad. We're all looking forward to it, you know, uh, completely. It's not always nice in the VARs to, to draw teams out of your league. Um, when the draw was made, you know, we, we openly wanted a, a draw with someone we didn't know or, or some some place we haven't known or been before. Uh, and, you know, we've managed to get that. So, uh, yeah, full focus on that. And um, like I say, we're all, we're all really looking forward to it.
0: How much do you know about Bridgewater? It, uh, obviously, they're doing quite well in their league; they're, they're second. So, I guess it's going to be a tough game.
2: Yeah. Well, listen. You get to this. Um, you get to this stage of competition. We we'll always expect a tough game. Um, you know. So you, you, that goes without saying. Um, and we knew that would be the case for anyone to get this far in the competition. So it's going to be. So, yeah. You know, like I say, we, we've um, we've had a watched. We've. Um, got reports we've got bits and pieces um so yeah we we feel we are um in in sort of good knowledge and and as well as we can in terms of what we're going into um and we use the resources that we have both locally to them and um you know staff that we've got so yeah we you know we've done all we can like we do for every fixture you know every fixture we do the same and, and that's no different this time around.
0: How important are you viewing the VARs in your season as a whole? I suppose you're ninth in the table, so uh, it's a long way to the top. So I guess this is a big opportunity for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the VARs and the Cups have impacted our season quite a lot, really. If you look at, um, you know, we've, we've missed a lot of scaffold games because of the VARs and, and different Cups. And um, obviously, as run continues, it impacts the fixtures even more. We've played, obviously, the less games in the league. Um, and we've got a lot of games in hand. And then they'll come round, and that's fine, and we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But um, you know, every player at this level, or the level below, know know full well what the vase is and what it represents. And um, you know, you want to get as far as you possibly can, and and give your group, and give the boys, and give the club a, a good journey. And that's um, that's exactly what we're trying to do.
0: And Of all the clubs in the scaffold, of course, you, you are the ones, Tunbridge Wells, that the ones who know most recently what it's like to, to go to Wembley. I know you weren't there, and it's all been a new brush, but there are still people who look back on that very fondly, aren't there? Absolutely,
2: you know, it was a momentous occasion for the club, and rightly so. And then, you know, and the the, the fans, and the, you know, the the press, and the popularity of the club got from that day. You know, they'll they'll forever hold it keep keep a hold of um you know i was playing in another team in the same league at that point we we lost out to the eventual winners um and you know at that point i remember when we got knocked out we we still thought we were relatively close and we would you know we could feel it a little bit um but yeah you know everyone as a club i mean it's it it has been mentioned a few times of course but um the past is the past and we're now sort of in the present and it's about you know, making, making new memories as well as reflecting on the old ones. And, um, you know, I just, like I say, I just want to get this group of players as far as we possibly can within it. Um, and then, you know, the experience and the moments and the memories that the fans and um, people at the club will remember from it, you know, will be um, highly valued as well.
0: Generally speaking, it's been, a, I suppose, a frustrating season for you, but very up and down. You know, you've lost seven of your 19 league games. And, and I guess you, you, you probably know you're a better side than that.
2: Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, I think everyone knows that we're better than our league position represents. Um, and we, we also know that we've let ourselves down on a couple of occasions this year. Um, you know, and there's there's fixtures there that we, we look at and we reflect on and we know should have been three points or we should have took something from that we haven't. Um and that is a frustrating side. Um again, you know, we there was a few transitions made in the summer. Um there's a few things that were that were different come the start of the season and um and and yeah, it took a little bit of time. But um you know, saying that we know on our day that we can beat anyone. You know, and I've got I've got full confidence in saying that on our day. Um, you know, playing the way we play and how we do it. Uh, goes to plan or fantasy against anyone um, so yeah you know the league is what it is you know we're in January now we know where the league is um, you know in terms of getting in them top two spaces it's going to be extremely difficult now um, especially with um, you know budgets and money that's being thrown around at that, uh, across them two teams um, so yeah you know it's, it's a case of getting as high as we can and finishing the season as strong as we possibly can whilst we're setting the foundations for the for next year, but at the same time, we we're in full focus in terms of the FA bars and the cup committees that we are that we are in, and we want to um, you know do do as best as we can and as strong as we can in, in every single one of them, and that's that's including the FA bar.
0: How difficult is it? You, you mentioned that the the money at the top of the of the division, and I guess for a club like yourselves, who are you know. Always there or thereabouts, and, and, and I guess you kind of it's almost a situation of, of waiting for the big boys to go and then making sure that you're in the best possible position to take advantage.
2: Yeah, possibly. I mean, um, you know, in terms of stature and size of the club, you know, Tunbridge Wales is, is fully, fully right up there, and um, you know, that goes without saying. Obviously, the, the developments and the, the money being spent um, across the grounds and and the players that they're bringing down from leagues above goes without saying, unless it comes at a cost. Um, but, you know, we are, I feel we're doing things um, the right way in terms of when I took the job. Um, the past two years have, have gone really well in terms of being third and fifth when COVID came in. Um, and we were competing right up there with the, with the top boys. Um, this year, you know, our squad size may have impacted us a little bit. Um, a few of the transitions and changes that we made in the summer may have changed. Tra- um, May, may have taken a little bit of time to get going, um, but again, you know we're, we're still in a hell of a position because yeah, we're ninth in the league. You know, we're, we're fine, we're comfortable, and we're not in any danger. Um, we want to push on and finish as high as we possibly can. But then at the same time, you know, if we can go and go and do something in the bars or do something in the cups, then um, it will certainly be a season to remember.
0: He's excited about this game this weekend, Matt, and, and he really has every right to be a, a good test for Wales, but we know how good the standard of our league is, don't we?
3: Oh, very much so. Um, it's it, it's a trek. It's a tough place to go, but again, they're organised. They'll be organised. They've watched them. Um, the scaffold is a decent division. If they can play to the levels, which I think Richard knows they can play with, we said there we can compete with the big boys in this division, on our day if he can lift his players um there's no reason the way can't go in there he said they're doing quite well this season but uh, um, this the, uh, the scaffold is one of the the best leagues in this in the, at this level of the comp- level of non-league football so if they can prove that and get result i can't see why they, they can't go and get, get result there so fingers crossed and i think as he said they need a if they haven't had the greatest season, but the cups can be a real swinger of how good their season will be. If they can get to the next round, last sixteen, they've been in this before. The club knows about it. A bit of a um, bit of pedigree in it. A bit of clubs, other clubs would be worried. That gives them a bit of something to work with. So, fingers crossed. We don't, you know, have they lost this season?
0: Is it balanced in all the games? Bridgewater, the they, Bridgewater they, they've lost once, I think, so it yeah, gonna, it's going to it's be a tough game, but I, I like the fact that you said, you know, when you get to this stage, you want to go a, a long yeah. way, and, and I think yeah. having that sort of journey is, is really good, because, you know, players at this level don't get to have that experience very often, and and I think, you know, you, you've earned the right to have a, a, a really decent tie, and if they can go there and get a result... I think almost that'll be like, well, we've had our long journey. Let's now have a couple of home ties and then we'll be uh, sort of on the way. So I think I think it's a really, really good tie for, for Tunbridge Wells and a massive test for them against a, a good side. But it's exciting, isn't it?
3: Yeah, Somerset. That's what a three-hour trip. I think getting the players together on the on that coach, just enjoying, you know, get that little camaraderie. I think this is what the vibe sort of comes alive in this when you've got a chance of these long treks. I know how much deal. Love going halfway up to Newcastle and places like that, and you feed on that sort of vibe. And how you can get on, go there. Are they favourites? Probably everybody's gonna look at it and say, Um, Bridgewater are going to be the be the favourites because they're at home. But Tunbridge Wells can go there full of you know, show what you can your performances can be. I think, again, a win there. I think Richard, who's um. Well, he'd be, I think he's a little bit disappointed with the league form, but result in that will just lift the club a little bit and then, right, you're in the last 16 and then you can start smelling the back end of the competition and the fans will definitely, you enjoyed it back in 2013. was 13? Yeah, 13, nine years ago. Nine years me. where's that time go? Um, I would have thought you'd say none of the players would be involved, but people behind the scenes you said in there would be. So, yeah, yeah it's we don't, I don't know anything about Bridgewater, thing, but they've lost one game. But I know the strength of the scaffold and some of 8th or ninth in that division and they're a decent side who we expect to do better. So, fingers crossed they can do better on the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, you know, they're a well-supported team and, and he spoke well, you know, he, he admits they, they could be doing better. They've not been consistent enough and there's been times where things just haven't worked for them in, in games and, and, and they've let themselves down. But, you know, having not played for a couple of weeks, I think, as I said to him there, that might actually be a help, you know, to, to go there fresh for what is, without a shadow of a doubt, this is their biggest game of the season now because they're not going to win the league. Uh, I think it's as, as pretty clear to say, but they could go far in the VARS. And I think this is, a, I think the same thing happened in 2013. They weren't uh, pushing at the top of the table, but in the end, the VARS just became their full focus. And that's the situation that they're in right now, isn't
3: it? Yeah. Some would say it works the other way. If they lose, and this that's the end of their season. But I think Richard will be saying to them, you know, they've got the competition. But this is some of the maybe at the start of the season, did he think he'd be able to overtake the likes of Chatham and Sheppey? Maybe not, or he'd be able to compete. But I'm sure written on his wall somewhere that the vase is always going to be a priority. And now the players have got to make show that now, uh, this weekend. And fingers crossed they can get a result.
0: Yeah, and as he said there, uh, he also lost to Spennymore, the eventual winners in 2013. He was part of a Lordswood side uh, then, and that was at this exact stage. Uh, Only two Kent clubs in it at that stage. This year, though, as I said earlier, three teams... Uh, from Kent in, is still and it's away days for the other two as well both tough ties uh, Glebe heads to face Hanworthy United who are currently second in the Wessex League and also get a shorter trip for Stansfeld as they go to Combined Counties League Premier Division Southside uh, Rains Park Vale they are sixth in the table obviously that's a step above uh, where Stansfield are so th- th- those two are also tough ties aren't they
3: yeah um, Stansfield have done absolutely brilliant
0: to get this far
3: in the competition Um Playing at, you know, a level below that. I think the results have been at home and they've done it going away. Going to be tough, but they'll go there with confidence. Glebe, uh, the results, they dropped off a little bit of late, but um, West is again, it's a bit of a trek. Be interesting to see what the stand is like. But Glebe on the day, we know it can beat anybody. So, um, let's, how many are we going to get through? let I think it will be maybe tough for Stansfield going up um, against combined counties, got another decent division, which has seen a few winners of this competition over the last few years. Um, But I think Glebe and Tunbridge Wells have got a good chance to get through. Well, the most important thing, next week we're talking, well in a couple of weeks when we're back on again, we can be um, talking about Kent sides, at least one of the Kent sides still in the
0: competition. I can't believe you've given away the big uh, cliffhanger oh, at the right. end of the show, mate. Oh, bloody hell. So, yeah. um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later on. Uh, weather and COVID had an impact on the scaffold on Saturday. Uh, just four games survived in the Premier Division. Sheppey United, though, got back on the horse with a 3-0 win over Beersted. The other three games all ended in away wins. Uh, Kennington 2-1 victors at Irith Town. Hollands and Blair beat a really out-of-sorts case Sports by a goal to nil. And Richard Dimmock's first game in charge, of Lordwood, ended in a 2-0 defeat to Rustle. I mean, they're still at the foot of the table, three points adrift and six points from safety. So we spoke a little bit about Richard Dimmock and the, and the task he's facing last week. He probably knows a bit more about it now.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's his first game, so he gets to know the players and now he's got to work with them and see if they can uh, somehow move away from that sort of re- results in. But it's going to be difficult. But he knows a lot about this level, uh, having played it for a number of years, so um, he'll know the best way of doing it. It's going to be a challenge, but um, I think the, probably the first thing is trying to stop the rot um, and try and stop conceding goals, because that's a major issue as well for them.
0: Yeah, it really, really is. Uh, this weekend uh, in the scaffold, Canterbury City at home to Rustle. A uh, very good tweet from Canterbury City. They said they've arranged a work meeting uh, with FC Rustle for Saturday afternoon at 3pm, and they're going to alert, uh, allow entry a little bit earlier uh, from two o'clock and they say it is an outdoor event, uh, bring a coat. Uh, Deal Town take on Beersted, Irith and Belvedere against Kennington, it's Hollands and Blair against Fisher, Sheppey United host Crobra Athletic and Town take on Chatham Town, then on Monday K-Sports host Crobra and then on Tuesday, big old game on Tuesday, uh, Glebe who will have been down to Poole uh, on Saturday are at home to Sheppey United uh, while Punjab take on Tunbridge well so two of the FA F- F- Vars teams Uh, in action on Tuesday night Uh, Canterbury City meanwhile have announced that they've secured some financial backing uh, which will ensure the club's security for the mid to long term but on the flip side of that they've also been told that they will need to find a new stadium for next season as Favisham do not want to extend their current ground share agreement and you just kind of wonder where next for Canterbury City Matt
3: I didn't know that Uh, do we know who they haven't said who the investments come from
0: no, but they uh, they've they've said about the stadium, and, and you know they've played at Herne Bay. I think they've played at Deal. They've played at Faversham. Uh, I suppose Whitstable is, is, is in their is in their area, but it, it's worrying this stadium thing. And obviously we've spoken at length about their plans for for their own stadium. Uh, they've never had a base in the city since the club was reformed, and and it's it, it's it's worrying because a club needs a stadium, don't they? Yeah,
3: yeah. Interesting where they. Well, they'll end up now. Um, I suppose the Ramsgates, Margates could be involved as well in the 3G if they're doing that. But again, fitting it in with all the other commitments we mentioned about 3G earlier. So, yeah, that's probably um, some people are scratching their heads about that. And again, of course, it's always a cost as well. You've got a um, cost of, you know, probably not getting any benefit from that as well. Are You're not getting much bar intake as well. So, difficult one, but I'm glad that hopefully they can be – you know, get somewhere and I'm pleased they've got some uh, long-term investment or at least short to long-term investment that will keep the club going but the stadium in their own borough of Canterbury is absolutely crucial for them to go anywhere I would have thought
0: Yes, uh, staying at that level of football in the Combined Counties League, uh, Premier Division South where Beckenham are on loan at least uh, for now uh, they are fifth, 6th in the table uh, Beckenham um, and they have got 35 points, they're 14 points behind the leaders Walton and Hersham Uh, But they do have five games in hand. They've also got five games in hand on the team in second, which is Redhill, who come to play them on Saturday. So that should be a really good game uh, on Saturday for Beckenham. As I say, sixth against second in that division. Uh, Beckenham unbeaten at home. They've played nine. They've won eight uh, and drawn one. Uh, Redhill away from home, won eight, drawn two, lost one. So a a really, really tasty game in progress. It's been a bit of uh, a bit of, Supposed suppose controversy they were supposed to be going to Jersey uh, last weekend but they said they were unable to go uh, because of uh, various reasons which I assume is COVID and, and jab and, and, and things related uh, so that was be a pretty tough one uh, for them to take but they play Red Hill uh, on, on Saturday and that's a game where if they can get a result there that will kind of get them back on track because they've had a bit of a a stop start period that they only played one game in december which was the fa Vars game that they lost uh on penalties albeit at glebe uh, they lost to shearwater in their first game of 2022 that they need a result don't they yeah
3: I, yeah i really sort of i think i've read something about the game being called off about the Guernsey and jersey um five games in hand you know, would rather have points on the board um is, is that the league that could have two up again on that same as ours
0: yeah, similar. Yeah, I mean, it'll all depend yeah. on points per game and everything and, like yeah. that. But.
3: So, yeah, I think, that, again, probably the most important thing that, that we play in matches, which is if they haven't been playing matches, that is a bit of a blow, isn't it? So get, get back on the horse, so to speak, get some league games in. Be tough against Red Hill, but we know the quality that the squad's got.
0: Yeah, in the first division of the Southern Counties East League, uh, Kent Football United's game with Croydon abandoned due to the weather with the score of 2-2. Uh, Lewisham and Borough and Favisham right, Stryke drew 3 all It was Meridian VP 2, Greenways 2. Snoddon 3-0 winners at SC Thamesmead. Sutton Athletic beat Staples Monarchs 5-2. Stansfield 3-1 victors at Tooting Beck. Uh, this weekend, Bride and Ropes take on Tooting Beck. It's FC Armstead against Larkfield and New Hythe. Forest Hill Park against Sutton Athletic. Greenways against Lewisham Borough. SC Thamesmead against Rochester. Uh, Snodden Town are at home to Chessington Hook. Staples Mons take on Meridian VP West Side against Town, and then on Wednesday night next week Croydon take on Stansfeld. Uh, Weather also had a really good weekend in the Ispian Premier League with all three teams washed out on Saturday and the same fate before in Margate on Tuesday. Their game at Potter's Bar called off just 70 minutes uh, before kickoff, and that's a long trip as well, Notts County fans. Uh, Cray Wanderers have been playing tonight though, uh, although it's not been a great night for them as they've been beaten 1-0 at home by Regis Town. Uh, this weekend with folks in victory and FA Trophy action, Cray Wanderers are at home to Corinthian Casuals and Gates are at home to Hornchurch. Uh, in the Espanese South East, Southeast, just four games survived, but all four did involve Kent sides. Ashford held to a 2-2 draw by Lansing. Faversham beaten 4-0 by the leaders Hastings United. Uh, VCD scored two late goals to win 4-3 at Three Bridges. Witswell Corinthians shed four goals at the Belmont. Plenty going on there. Uh, Corinthians Witswell higher than Faversham. All made it through in the Velocity Cup on Tuesday night. And I must just say, uh, he tweeted out a minute ago, but one of the Corinthians goals was absolutely superb, They're pinging the ball about like nobody's business. I don't know, I don't know where they've learned that from. It can't be their manager. Uh, this weekend, ha- Ashford United host Haywards Heath Town. VCD travel to Burgess Hill. Corinthian host Herne Bay. Favisham travel to East Grinstead. It's high Town against Cray Valley. Phoenix Sports meets Sittingbourne. Ramsgate host Sevenoaks. at home to Hastings. And on Tuesday, Faversham at home to Herne Bay. Heating up a bit in that division, Matt, but it's looking pretty ominous for a team not from Kent to be winning that league at the moment. Hastings in great form.
3: Yeah. Um, I think over the years, Hastings one of these sides. It didn't sort of, you think you're going to get out of this. Probably the but they can never seem to if the results are going that way. Uh, maybe the Kent derbies are going to affect our teams from that. I still fancy Tommy Rorello's boys, Herne Bay, doing well. Yeah. You just have to keep going, is it, from there? But Hastings, probably the best supported in the te- team in the division as well. Um, yeah, well, I think I still, it's a Kent-dominated division. Um, I can see our sides doing, you know, some of the sides... Would I pick Turnbay to be up near the top? Probably not, but fantastic, absolutely delightful for them. So, um, yeah, it's a long way to go yet. We're only halfway through. But at the start of the season, I would have probably said, who's going to win the league? I'd have probably said Hastings. So, But we will get a Kent side out of this division, I'm sure, uh, into the Ryman Premier next season.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Just to run through that table, actually, Hastings top 47 points from 22 games, Ashford, 43 points from 21. Bay 40 from 20. At Cray Valley in fourth with 39 from 21, which is the same as Hayward Teeth. Uh, Ramsgate, a point behind uh, in sixth place with 21 games played as well. So there's still uh, all to play for, but Hastings, as I say, just seems to have found a little bit of form. They're getting big crowds in uh, and everything like that. Now, before we wind up the football chat, Matt, you may remember earlier in the season, uh, there was an incredible game between Handwell Town and Staines. Uh, The visitors' Staines had 4-0 after 17 minutes and managed to lose the game by six goals to five. Those two sides met again on Tuesday, and I can assure you it was not a letdown. Uh, Matt, if you don't know it already, can you guess the score of that game?
3: Uh, So it was Hanwell against Staines, wouldn't it, you said?
0: Staines against Hanwell.
3: Yeah, six. Uh, I think Staines, I don't know the score, Staines would have done them by five goals to nil. Town nil. Hanwell Town 12. Twelve? Twelve. Stain's got issues. Well, obviously Fifth. they've lost 12
0: nil at home. Blimey. me do not I d I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think they have got big problems off, 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 off the field or on the field or anything. Uh but that is just an absolute aberration. Uh, goals spread around, no one's even scored a hat-trick in that. A few players have got braces. Uh, but that is a, an astonishing result, isn't it? I mean, that is st- I mean, they're near the bottom of the table. They're 17th in the table. Uh, they've got a goal difference of minus 43. Uh, they've got 13 points from 20 games. And to be fair, the team behind them are Guernsey, who've played 12 games and have got 11 points. So it's not been a great season for Staines, not a vintage season. But to lose 12 nil at home to a team outside the playoff places... Not a great look, is it?
3: I tell you, Staines still play at the same ground. They haven't moved, they haven't had any shoes and things like that, have they? No, I don't think only, so. When Dover got promoted out of the Ryman uh, Premier, Staines were the, the big rivals for that. and They used to get 6-700, they had 87 the other day. Staines, crazy. Four a goal. Um, the last thing I know about that, because Nicky Forster was a manager of Staines, and when he left Dover... And, Strange. 12 nil at home. Oh, dear. I think I've had it bad for Dover. You're one of the 87... St- I can't believe Hamwell have taken a load. You're one of the 85 Stain sands, Stain fans there. You really would be thinking, oh, I've had enough of this. Now, losing 12 nil at home. Oh, dear. And imagine oh, dear. if you're oh, one we're of the fans. Fans. Hamwell
0: stain, fans. Ground. Sorry, mate? Imagine if you're one of the Hamwell fans, though. Best night oh, of yeah that, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, you'll never forget that, would you? That's A couple of Sam's, a couple of Named goal scorers there, ring a bell. So, yes, interesting. Yeah, poor old Staines Town.
0: Unbelievable. That is quite the result. I didn't think for a second uh, we would be looking at it. I, I just stumbled across it when I was going for the issue results and I was like, I better uh, flag that one up. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it for the chat about the football. Now, Matt, you've delayed uh, th- this week's show so that you could finish watching uh Netflix series Stay Close. Now, before we recorded this, I asked you for your opinion on it. Uh, it's been 40 minutes or so since. Uh, ha- has your view changed? No, it's absolutely like the drivel. <laughs> See, this is what um, you get. It's just, you, you just
3: so, have many, d- so many I, people are raving about it. First, all, I would say, good thing about it, it uses um, Creep by Radiohead song in it, one of my favourite songs. So that gives it a tick. They all live in a wonderful house. They all. Clearly don't have jobs, so I don't know how they're affording all this. Um, but it's um, just so many holes in the script. But after you've seen a lot of these murder and things sort of series, you, you think, uh oh, it's, it's set in Blackpool, I think, or they renamed it Blackpool or Wigan or around those sort of places. But apparently, I oh, did some digging. The original book by Harlem Coben is set in Atlanta. So they've tried to take this from there into Ma- into England and it's just like a drivelly American thing. Again, I don't want you to put it off, but I thought it was pretty poor. And I'm sure Jimmy Nesbitt enjoyed it because he's probably paid an absolute fortune from Netflix. So, And I quite like Jimmy Nesbitt. But yeah, it's
0: <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty dire, I have to say. Oh dear, Uh, I'm late to the party on this, but uh, I've got a new favourite football manager, yeah, Mr. Ted Lasso. Ah, Uh, (laughs) yes. I have. Well, carry on. Have you watched it?
3: I've I've seen the first series when I had a free Apple account. Yeah. Um, and I've seen about the first three of the. Second series, I think it's a good program. Yeah, I like it. But then my free thing accounts, and I could never. When I tried to borrow my sister's account, it sort of bugged my phone up. When you have to put the thing in, oh, yeah. so I haven't seen it from there. So from there. But I, I did. Yeah, I think it's a good program. I, I think he's a, some good characters in there. Um,
0: Roy Kent's got a, a lot of awards. <laughs> I I'm just finished the first series, uh, and basically the way it works uh, now is because I've got Sky, I can watch Apple TV through Sky, which has made it a lot more of an enjoyable experience for me. So I've been able to watch it properly on the telly, and, and uh, I've just really really enjoyed it. It's it's, oh, it's, it's really good. Uh, as I say, I know I'm late to the party. I know everyone else has already watched it. I'm but was, on again, getting-
3: it's not all about football because my sister's watched it and she really loved it. And she's not really into football, so there's some good. You know, if you're into football, there's some good footbally jokes in there. Um, But all in all, it's a it's a a really good program. And because it was such a pain in the backside watching it on my phone without having Apple TV, um that's the reason why I haven't carried on
0: watching it. So uh, the only thing that annoys me is is the Americanisms that have slipped in, like changing room and oh, we're going to use your play this way. You know, we we don't. They needed to. Anglicise it a bit more, because to, to show how much of a fish out of water he was. But you know, I I, I just love it. I, I've I've really really enjoyed watching it, and and you know, likable characters, funny characters. Uh, as I say, Roy Kent is is my favourite. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah, he's love, yeah, brilliant. yeah, yeah, Like the one where he went, to the, where they went to the school, and he went yeah that's my one of them's my niece goes oh which your niece? that idiot you know things like that i just like that very blunt uh way of dealing with things but yeah i've uh i've been enjoying it uh, and uh yeah i will continue watching it so yeah so that's my uh my tv tip and i apologize for being two years watch, late on do it do you watch afterlife the ricky gervais one? that's on friday isn't it the third yeah, and final yeah, yeah. series yeah we'll is it get the final that. series is it apparently so yeah so we'll get that one
3: yeah yeah uh, well that is that is good um Bit close to the knuckle, but there's a couple of characters in there that absolutely crap me up. So, uh, yeah, a bit like just... uh, older, older in betweeners type characters.
0: Yeah, my and my my favorite, this is us. Uh, the final series of that is just starting to appear on Amazon Prime as well. So, uh, going to get that one uh, on the go. We might wait until there's a few more episodes to watch, but we we absolutely love that. So, uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, pl- plenty to watch at the moment, and we've got loads of other dramas and bits and pieces and all sorts going on. We just watched The Tourist. Uh, and- oh, we
3: because now I've, uh, the, uh, the stay close is my recommendation. And Sarah says you're not recommending anything after that drivel. We've got to find a new one. So the tourist flagged up with the BBC. I quite like Jamie Dornan as an actor.
0: Would you recommend that? Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than Haley. I suppose is the, is the way to to, to put it. I, it wasn't it was Laddie, but I I, I enjoyed it, and I thought uh, the next to last episode I thought was really really brilliantly done. Uh, I don't think Haley was a keen, but I I thought. It was really clever the, the the way that they did it and, and it's, yeah, an enjoyable programme. There's, there's a lot going on, a lot to think about, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it.
3: Right. So yeah, we need to find into so uh over the next few weeks. So there you go. Thank you.
0: No worries. Uh, yeah. So Matt mentioned it earlier on. Uh, we're not going to be here next week. Uh, we do this show every single week, uh, even did it when there was no football uh, all through uh, last year uh, and the year before. Bloody hell, we how, I don't know how we did it sometimes, uh, but I am going away for a few days next week. So I'm not taking my laptop. So therefore, uh, you're excited about episode 200. We're excited about episode 200, uh, but it's not going to be next week. So we're going to kind of leave it hanging uh, for a little bit. Uh, but we will be back in two weeks time. Uh, and I have you know, got Dave will win
3: next week when there's no show.
0: Of course. Well, do you know what? It, I, I'll, here's something for you then, right? If Dover win on Saturday, right, we'll make half an hour on Sunday to do an episode 199A, okay? Right. And um, just yeah? me talking about it. Yeah, okay, we'll do that, yeah. We'll do that because I, I, I can do stuff on Sunday uh, before I go away. So if Dover Athletic win, uh, and uh, everyone, you can hear this, if Dover Athletic win... We will do a show uh, which will be released on Sunday uh, for to, to discuss that mon- momentous moment, but it won't be episode 200. Episode 200 will be with you in two weeks' time. Uh, it's, it's just we're just going for a break. We need a break, uh, a well-deserved break, and we and I'm not taking my laptop with me as I said. So uh, that's that. But I am going to do something. So. Uh, I have been drawing up a little trivia quiz about the Kent Only podcast ahead of episode 200. Uh, There's 12 questions in it, and I will publish it on social media uh, at some point next week, probably on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Responses are to be sent via direct message with your answers. And if you are the person who gets the highest score, and I include Matt Gerrard in this, uh, you will get a shout out on the show. Uh, So uh, it's going to be interesting.
3: We buy them a mug. I love the Kenton on pod. Good, good, we have yeah with, with our sponsorship deal. We have five pound in the kitty, John.
0: Yeah, you, you're more. Yeah, that's what you can do then. So you might end up with a mug if you get the highest score, mate. Um, yeah. but yeah, so we will do something uh, about that, and then we're going to do something special, uh, for episode 200. We we the, the reason that we're not doing episode 200 with me. Uh, not here Uh, I could easily have taken my laptop but we want to do episode 200 together so we're going to actually see each other for only the second time in about two years Uh, but we're actually going to meet up somewhere and we're going to do the podcast uh, a a sort of live show uh, which we will do because we want to make episode 200 special because 200 bloody episodes we've I I genuinely can't believe it but uh, yeah so there won't be a show next week but there will be a show in two weeks time. So hopefully you can all cope without us uh, for, for a couple of weeks. And we'll look forward to chatting to you in a fortnight. Uh, in the meantime, we will still be on social media. Uh, find us on Twitter at Kent Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. If you search for Kent Only Podcast, I am at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerald. So do feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, we always love to hear from you. And uh, as I say, we won't be here next week, but we will be here in two weeks time. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to Steve McKim and Richard Styles uh, for their time this week. Good luck to all all of our teams over the weekend, especially those in the FA Trophy and the FA Vars. And I'll go on then. You've you've twisted my arm. Good luck to Dover Athletic in their game at Wealdstone. Keep safe, everybody. uh, And we'll speak to you all in two weeks' time.
3: Can you bring this bombero back?